Welcome to the Welsh Music Prize Conversations, where each nominated band or artist from the 2020 shortlist will delve into a chat about their body of work. You can hear all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Croeso mawr i sgyrsia gwobr gerddoriaeth Gymreig, ble bydd pob un band ac artist sydd ar y rhestr fer 2020 yn cael sgwrs am ei gwaith. Mae modd gwrando'r bob un o'r sgyrsiau yma trwy am, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. So sit back and enjoy this chat between Sarah Jones and Kid Smoke about their nominated album, A Vision in the Dark. Gobeithio newch chi fy'n hair sgwrs yma rhwng Sarah Jones a Kid Smoke am ei album A Vision in the Dark. This podcast may contain strong language. Gall y podcast hwn gynnwys iaith gref. I saw a tweet the other day when I'd been thinking about this interview that said it was like Michael Scott from The Office, like when in that episode where he just keeps replaying the same song. <laughs> and it said, replaying the song because the part that hurts you didn't hurt you enough the first time. And I was like, that's exactly what kids smoke songs are like. <laughs> 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 Especially, oh, it is brilliant. Is that a compliment? Okay, good. I was worried that that would get taken the wrong way, but there we go. That's the first thing I said in this whole conversation now. (laughs) (laughs) I always do it with she takes you under. I'm like, didn't feel it enough. I'm gonna play (laughs) (laughs) this time. I actually haven't seen you for ages. I think, I think it was, um, was it Welsh Music Day in Pitao? Last time I saw yeah, that was it. Yeah. Adwaith. That was January, was it? That was like the first weekend in February, I think. Mm. But it feels like January. I think that was maybe the last gig I went to. I went to, I think I went to watch Bombay Bicycle Club after that in February, and that was the last one I went to as well. The last one I went to was, I went to see Slater Kinney in Glasgow the day before we played at Maida Vale. Um, on St. David's Day, and I was very excited. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> you guys are lucky, because you're probably one of the only bands who can say you've been able to play a gig this year. Didn't you do that Theatre Cluid gig? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good as well. It was like, um, it's a bit weird, but good, because there's just like a, just a field full of people and they were freezing and we were quite warm under our little uh, <laughs> stage lights and you, could, and you could tell that they were freezing as well, couldn't you? Oh, <laughs> that, like yeah, moving I their legs. in my friend's garden in mould <laughs> and I could hear you guys. <laughs> yeah. We were like, what's that noise? And I was like, it's my friend's band. <laughs> and we just stood in the garden with wine. Like, <laughs> oh, it, was, it was great to play, to be fair. Right, I have, I know it's not meant to be an interview, but I did write some questions just to, like, kick us off. I've got quite a lot, actually, so I'll just read them. And if we just sort of fire through them, I'm sure we can chat around them. Yeah. So, my first one is, tell us about Kid Smoke. How, where, and when did you form? Because you were both in other bands before, right? Like Sparrowhawk. Yeah. yeah, so um, I was in a band called Leaving Isaac's Shop for a bit uh, with James and I think we stopped doing stuff around 2010, 11, something like that maybe. Uh, and then we weren't doing anything for a couple of years 
but then James started sending me some sort of instrumental demos. And I'd always wanted to work on songs like that. We used to, in Leaving Isaac's shop, we used to just bring the song sort of fully formed, whoever was writing, but I'd always wanted to just do the sort of the melody, the vocal melody and the lyrics and stuff. And that's how we started uh, Kid Smoke. So we, um, we released a couple of EPs and a couple of sort of guitarists came and went um, uh, in that sort of time. And then I think I was having a discussion with uh, Bentro and I was asking if he knew anybody who played guitar and stuff. And I think it was Ben's girlfriend, Linos, who said, why don't you give Sophie a, a ring? And then Sophie came in and then um, then tro uh, our drummer went out and then Ash came in and then when the rest is sort of uh, history, really. When was it? Was it 2015? <laughs> about 2015, yeah. I think yeah. We, were, we were going for about two years before Sophie joined. Yeah, because I remember the first Focus Wales I worked on was 2014 and I think Sparrowhawks played, but I remember seeing Sparrowhawks at the winter little mini festival thing we used to do at the in... Stute in Rome. <laughs> I, I think we were meant like... to play that as well. But yeah, because we, we... I don't remember Kidsmoke playing, but I remember Sparrowhawks playing. I think because... we were meant to play it, but we didn't, we didn't for some you? reason. Yeah, so Because during weird, the but... actual festival, I don't really get to see bands, but then on that day, I actually got to see stuff and saw Sparrowhawks and was like, whoa. I was a Sparrow I was a Sparrowhawks so <laughs> <was a> Sparrow <laughs> fan. I I bought I bought the EP and stuff, and uh, but I didn't really delve into who was in the band or or whether the band was still going or whatever. But um, yeah, it, but it's yeah. kind of a well. Me and Ash went to uni together, so that's how that's how we know each other. And um, we'd studied music at, at Chester, and then we both ended up doing a masters. I think because we just we didn't want to get a real job. Um, and we couldn't make any money doing music, so well, not at that time. So yeah, we we kind of bombed this band. We we both absolutely loved Fleet Foxes, and we were just really we were just writing Fleet Foxes songs, or trying. Um, and then yeah, that sort of just came to a came to an end. I think it must have been like 2013, 2014. Um, because I think we did we did pretty well, and we like were getting kind of good at what we were doing, but. It was just too niche. Like, it was really, I don't know. It, it didn't. It, it wasn't going to go anywhere. So, um, when the opportunity came along for for me to join Kidsmoke, I had I had heard of like leaving Isaac shop, kind of through mutual friends, and I'd, I'd done a, um, a tour with Sizu as I was playing bass. So I think that's where and like I've known them a lot for ages as well and. I think we just get on dead well, so I'm guessing that's why Linus put me forward for the guitar. But yeah, it was just kind of kind of fortunate, really, that I was at a loose end musically, and then when it came to it, so was Ash, and he could join the band. And Ash is like the nicest human ever, so it's just slotted right in. It was just pretty lucky. Do you think that we should mention Rex or more? Is that fine? I'm not sure what exactly <laughs> I want to talk about with Wrexham. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We were all born in Wrexham, right? I'll <laughs> start the link. Yeah. Just to interrupt you, I want to talk about my hometown <laughs> for half an hour straight. So sit back, listen, <laughs> get comfy, get a cup of tea, because we're going back to 1759. 
<laughs> I don't know what that number means, by the way. You could... That's when they but, built uh, Wrexham Lager Brewery. That's when they built Wrexham, aren't they? Um, <laughs> I do find I... myself sometimes, though, just, like, scrolling through web pages that are, like, 12 things about Wrexham that you didn't know, and I'm like, knew it, knew it, knew it. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I spent. What is that to know? Oh, just things like... Oh. <laughs> I don't know where to start. There's somewhere in Wrexham, I can't remember where it is. I think it's on the industrial estate. There's like loads and loads, like a ton or more of Lego buried where the Lego factory used to be. And it's like really rare, if this is a thing, rare Lego. <laughs> because when the factory closed down, they couldn't burn it because of the like toxins that the plastic would have given off. And they couldn't throw it away because they didn't want people to have it or something. They didn't want to put it in the skip. So they just buried it somewhere under the industrial estate. There's like tons of rare Lego. That's mad. Hey, you didn't know that. That's a mad story. I used to, I... Also that Wrexham Lager was the like official lager on the Titanic. I knew that. Yeah, I've heard that one. Everyone yeah. knew that one. Ash tells us that about four times a day. <laughs> I bet my dad was a my dad's a joiner and he used to do all the joinery work to uh in the lego factory and he, he took me there once and he took me into like the sort of basement part where and there was just loads of like massive like lego figurines everywhere it was dead it was really weird but really smart as a kid. that was the best thing ever as a kid it's just like i just thought he did stuff with lego after that i was too I just, <laughs> dad just what did your dad do lego <laughs> he, he's lego it is cool though that there are so many good bands coming out of Wrexham because there's a tendency for some reason of bands to pretend that they're from Chester or pretend that they're from over the border. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know what the... why they don't want to be from Wrexham. I don't know. There's always been great... Know. There's always been great bands from Wrexham, like, ever since. You, you know, I used to absolutely love going to, like, Central when I first started sort of going out and, and it would be, I think it would be the Benjamins and, and, uh, Crosby and, and Cream Tangerine and bands like that. Um, and then Benjamins obviously with camera after, um, but I met it just as soon as, um, I just really always wanted to play on that stage in central station. It was like, it was like the Holy sort of the Holy grail. It was like, as soon as, as soon as we did it, I remember just feeling like a proper band, you know, yeah. I quite might. So, my dad, uh, another story about my dad. Just call this uh, podcast Gavin Williams, please. Um, but he, um, he uh, likes to go to, you know, all like, um, he plays dominoes in in the club. So, which is the War Memorial Club. And, and so, when I used to go for like a pint with him, he'd be like, we're away this week. Plants and we'd be on some in some weird sort of random pub in like Acrovia or like or Grassford or whatever. So I'm gonna say all them sort of clubs around. So the old men clubs around Wrexham, they're all my favourites because it just be I'd just be sitting there watching him playing dominoes and just like laughing and finding it quite funny. Maybe we should do like a little festival, a festival pub crawl type thing around all those little clubs. <laughs> The first and one of the if first. If you want, you can sit down and play dominoes. <laughs> one of the first ever gigs we ever played was in the War Memorial Club, and the fella introduced us. Was like, "Come on, ladies and gentlemen, give him a chance." 
That was the, that's how that's how he introduced us. We could have been like Pink Floyd or something, but oh, just give him a go. <laughs> so wrecked. But people did start to sort of filter out as soon as we started playing. To be fair, they didn't like the how loud Asking the drums. Asking the audience were. to give them a chance is like the most wrecked thing. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask you if there were any highlights that jump out for you so far as Kidsmoke. And I don't want to speak for you, but I guess Black Mirror is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Black Mirror, yeah. It was... Um, so it was a bit mad, Black Mirror, because it was... Um, like, whenever we'd practice, we'd always talk about... We'd talk about, like, the, the recent episode, and we're all kind of getting into it at the same time. Um, and then... I think I was I was in work when we got the the email. So when I come for me break, I had about two hundred WhatsApp messages, and it was a bit like, <laughs> like so, something happened. Yeah, it's either something really bad or really good. That you, um, um, and then I remember the first sort of message that I seen was Lance doesn't even know yet, and like a like a laughing thingy. And I don't know, reading that email, <laughs> it felt like it was somebody's joking here, you know, it can't be the actual <laughs> Black Mirror. Um, so how did you get it? Was it through Centric or something like that? It was through Centric, yeah. Oh. And I think we had to wait, was it about, it was about a year until yeah, we could sort of tell time. anybody because they said that, oh, no. yeah, they just said that, you know, they could, they could edit that scene out towards the end so you might tell people and it might not happen and stuff. So we were sort of sitting on it. So the... We just had to watch it when it come on to see if it was... Uh, oh, so you didn't even know until didn't it came it, Didn't out. know until... So we were just like... It was ah, it's in there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we were chuffed. I bet you had, like, tin cans against you yeah, to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just in case. Wasn't there, wasn't there a funny story about your dad watching it or something, Lance? Yeah, so... Um, so I'd sort of been bigging this... Bigging it up, because to me it was like a, like a dream thing. And my dad was like, "Come on, then stick it on. Let's let's hear it." And uh, and I put it on, but like the song isn't sort of, it's not like a like a big part. It's like the characters are listening to it on the radio, so it's quite so it's quite quiet in in the actual scene. And I can just see him now, and he's sort of like putting his ear towards the telly, and and sort of like squinting a bit to try and hear it. And then sort of the scene finished, and he was like, "Well, it's a start." And I thought it's literally the <laughs> highlight of my musical career so far. But I love that uh, he was squinting. <laughs> yeah. Was like, oh, uh, maybe if I put my glasses on, I'll hear it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just watching him do all this thing. Ugh, you don't didn't understand. He, you're too old. Didn't he call it black velvet as well? Oh, black velvet. Yeah. Yeah, telling people I was on black velvet. That was another it. good band name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's all right. I think he, I think he was impressed once it sort of like, once the leader got hold of it. <laughs> yeah, you think he gauges everything off whether you get leader coverage. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, a vision in the dark is your debut album, which seems insane because you've just well, to me, it feels like you've been around forever. But I think it's just because the whole time I worked at Focus Wales. I've been aware of Kids Smoke and like known you guys for the whole seven years or whatever and sort of followed your careers, I guess, because I've seen you every year. But didn't you record it ages ago? Did you record it like two years ago? That yeah, would seem so like so, so like a long a time ago. coming for your fans. 
Does it Ooh. feel the same for you? Yeah, we recorded it. We started recording it in 2018, like in the summer. So we got most of it recorded, and then um, one reason or another, we sort of weren't quite finished. So it did take us quite a while to then get the rest of it done. So it took us. I think we had it fully finished by like the summer of 2019, and then obviously there was another like 12 months until we actually released it. So yeah. I mean, it was a long time when you think about it like that, but we wanted it to be, like, perfect. It didn't feel like so, it. Do you think that time it. sort of gave you a bit, it sort of, do you think the time let you have a bit more perspective on the songs and let you sort of sit away from them a bit? Because it must be hard when you're recording and you're so sort of up close with the songs constantly to have any kind of to ever sort of be happy with it. I imagine that you're always finding little tweaks that you want to change. So having that time away from it, was that useful? It's so easy when, when you're in that recording bubble to just keep going. And I think it's, some people go a bit mad because they don't know when to stop. Um, you know, you, we we work with time quite quite strict time constraints because we've only got a certain number of days in the studio. like. Russ, who we record with, he's got he's really busy. He's a he's a hard man for pin down. So we've got a set number of days, and we know that if we don't get what we need to done, we have to wait, you know, however long to get a, you know another run of days. So you've got you've got to get what you can down, um, and obviously you want to be happy with it, and that's why it did take us so long in the end. But you've you've also got to just know when to stop. So yeah, but having that little bit of breathing time did give us time to listen to the almost finished tracks and then say all right this is definitely what needs adding and so we do that and in a way that did sort of help us out a bit yeah because i've heard of so many people who sort of end up killing their songs and not liking them anymore because they've just overly tweaked it or just done so much to it because they're so close to it that they've just ruined it for themselves yeah that sort of thing does kind of happen. Ash is a big lover of drawing a line somewhere and I think he, it got to a point where he was just like, you know, let's just, you know, it, 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 that's it now. And um, and yeah, it's, it's good. it is nice to sort of sit back and then you realise that, you you know, you would just be adding stuff for the sake of it. But the, the, time, the time in between, you know, we, we'd always planned on sort of pitching it to label, seeing if anybody wanted to... Um, like release it or whatever we didn't really know what we were going to do with it so that uh, some of that time was was doing that you know and um um so i'm i'm glad because we found um you know we found out that we, libertino wanted to uh release it and stuff so maybe if we would have rushed it and and um uh rushed it out and did it ourselves that we wouldn't might not have even made that sort of connection with them so i'm i'm really glad how it went in the end or like because there was a, just a few times you just feel like, oh, just get it out, you know, and, and let's get on to the next thing. But it's just something to be said for having a little bit of patience sometimes. Yeah. Well, Release like it, it right, right in the middle time. of a pandemic, in it, you know. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what most people aim for. <laughs> yeah. When's this pandemic you, coming? When you so can't do any good. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, though, that must kind of feel like good timing because there's not much else to do and it's such an achievement to put out an album and then everyone's stuck in their homes and looking for new albums to listen to. It's such good timing in that way. 
Yeah, it sort of did work out all right. Like, we, we did briefly talk about pushing the release back, but we pretty strongly felt that we shouldn't because we'd been working so hard to get it. I mean, luckily, I have to say, we got everything that we needed to do um, that couldn't be done online, done before lockdown finished, and that, you know, if, if we'd have needed to do anything else, I don't think it would have been out now. Um, but we'd had everything ready, ready to go, and it was just all of the finishing touches, so we're just like, no, let's get it out, we want people to hear it, and we want people to have something to look forward to. And we, we, we were starting to get, like, tweets and emails and messages on a daily, weekly basis. Well, when is the album coming out? We were just like, <laughs> it will come out, we promise, soon. Um, yeah. And then when we fixed the date, that was it. We were just like, right, okay. Let's go. Yeah. And to be and to oh, be honest, so we've cool. been like, um, you know, it wasn't just like oh we just released the album. We like released sort of singles off it. You know, when we went to Canada, we released uh, for Breakout West. We released a single then, and then we released a single to coincide with South by, and then we had our first sort of label release with Big Indie. So we've been doing like lots of stuff to lead up to it. So when um, when everything went a bit. Uh, when obviously the pandemic happened, it just, it, we'd been on this sort of journey and it just didn't make sense to push it back any further. And I'm glad we didn't, yeah. to, be, to be honest. And we were, yeah, we were ready to release an album. Uh, you know, we've been doing EPs and singles and stuff. So the time was right. And yeah, like Lance said, I'm, I'm glad we didn't didn't wait and turned out we came in. We had a captive yeah, audience. Definitely. Yeah. So... Tell us about the songs on the album. Are there any sort of, are there any key themes across the album? Yeah, yeah. We always tend to. Um, I think our songwriting has a sort of a, a lightness and a darkness to it, um, and we tend to try and blend that. I think, um, sort of the musician, uh, sort of the musicianship and the um, the. Um, the music in general that's that sort of the light side of it and then i think that the lyrics tend to sort of deal with darker themes and i but i've always liked that in songs in general like you know like um the cure the smiths and stuff like that or like 80s stuff when when things are, are sort of they're like pop songs but they've just got an element of darkness and i've always yeah, liked me too. i've always like i've always been drawn to that so that's kind of um kind of where I see sort of our songs sitting really. Yeah, I like that too and I always, not always, but I've often thought wouldn't it be really weird if it was the other way around and the music was really dark but the lyrics were like, everything's <laughs> great, we're so happy. I'm trying to think Maybe that can be album too. <laughs> yeah, just flip it, yeah. A vision in the light. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's different, it's already written in it. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um. Um, I think I think we all have kind of similar influences. I mean, we we we're all like obsessed with music, so we're always sending each other albums and recommending each other stuff. But like the, I'd say, like the core of our musical interests are all quite similar. So I think from a musical perspective, it's quite it was quite easy for us to to gel together as a band. So. I'd say, you know, music, musical-wise, it was it was pretty 
it's pretty straightforward. There was, there's never been like, maybe once or twice there's been like, oh, maybe we should do this. Oh no, maybe we should do that. It's always been pretty straightforward. Yeah, no one's really keen to go electronic or something. Well, Ash is, Ash is a bit of a prima donna, but we have to put him in his place. And none what of have you been listening to, to recently? Yeah. Oh, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> this is the limit of my technology Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, um, what have you been listening to this year? Have you heard any other new albums that you really like? I've gone sort of backwards in time, just listening to loads of like 80s stuff, really. So I've got in, really got into Prefab Sprout and Blue Nile and Lloyd Cole and the Commotions and like or, or, Orange Juice and bands like that. So there's been really there's been lots of great music, uh, great albums this. Um, in 2020 but i haven't been listening to them to be fair um that much <laughs> apart from um soccer mommy's really good i like andy shelf's uh Schauf, i don't know how to say that um and uh, badly drawn boy i really like that one as well to be fair mm. yeah, yeah i really like soccer mommy that was really good really, yeah. i think we all loved that when it because it came out quite early in the year and we were just i think all four of us we were just obsessed with it playing it all the time it's got like a like a nineties thing yeah, going on that really just sits 90s. sits really like just something I like. I, I I don't know. See I feel like some of the songs could just be you know, like um coming of age, nineties film. Yeah. Like just uh, Ten things I hate about you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like and and I just like that sort of stuff, so um Yeah. Controversial then, I prefer the first album. Oh dear. That's good too. But yeah. I think this one's better. I like this one as well. But I do prefer the first one. I don't think I listened I to it. I saw her in the shipping album. forecast last year. I think it was... It I could have been two years ago, but I think it was last year. I yeah. was there, and it was a really weird gig. Because oh, really? they I was stood right next to like a partition next to the stage. And there was a bit where she did a bit on her own for like three or four songs. And the guitarist and bassist were stood on the other side of this partition, which was made of fabric, so... It didn't hide any sound. And they were talking really, really loudly. And I was like, she's doing a, like a special bit on her own. Shut up. What are you doing? And you, like, you're in the band, you should know. <laughs> it really wound me up. Um, oh my God. That was also a weird gig for me. Well, not for me, but my boyfriend is a massive Bill Ryder Jones fan. And we were stood next to Bill Ryder Jones for that whole gig. So every time I looked at my boyfriend, he was just staring at Bill Ryder Jones. I go a bit like that when I see when I see people like I sort of admire and that I go a bit starey. It's a bit like I do, but with like C-list celebrities, I feel like I just walk past like Ryan Gosling in the street, and someone will be like, "That was Ryan Gosling." But if I see like someone off Curry, I'm like, "Oh my god, look at me!" Chico wasn't it? If they've been on this morning, <laughs> I'll probably recognise them. You guys recorded with Bill, though, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Um, sort of came about through a conversation we had with with Andy Jones from Focus Wales, and he just we were just having a, having a chat with him one day about something, various things as we do, and he was just like, oh, I'm just going to fire off an email and see if that's something that they'd be interested in to to his manager. And then um, it came back that, that he was. So, yeah, we went and we did a day in his studio in West Kirby. 
and we were all like shitting it because sorry I don't know if I'm going to be because obviously we all huge fans and then it, so we were you know reasonably excited but it turns out he loves Alan Partridge so we were just like yeah, it was like a it was like you. a common ground straight away when it <laughs> just yeah, doing loads of like yeah <laughs> I've been it's a fan of the impressions at each other. <laughs> yeah, back of the net whenever I did a good take <laughs> or whatever. But um, no, I, I've been a fan. I was a fan of the Coral from like day one. To be fair, so it was like it was a big deal. Like personally, it was a big deal for me to record with Bill. I remember trying to get like the scoop on his new album when he was setting <laughs> up the vocal mic and stuff, and you know trying to get the inside information. But uh, no, it was a it was a great it was a great experience. You know. Yeah, it sounds cool. Um, I've never met anyone who doesn't like Bill. That's really not. No, did you play his, um, his Jaguar on Rising Sun? Yeah, I did, yeah. He was like, you can use my guitar if you want. I was like, R- really? Like, <laughs> 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 just put it there. Just very... oh, that was a lovely guitar. Oh, God. That crying. was really nice. But yeah, <laughs> you stop crying, mate. Wet Make the, the microphone wet. I nearly, burnt, I nearly burnt his studio down. That was a bit. Oh, I had um, That was a. I I had my pedal set up in the studio like it's um the studio and then like there's a mezzanine level where the control room is. So we were up we were upstairs, I'd been recording guitar downstairs. I'd left all my stuff set up. And then we went downstairs and it smelled really weird and I was like oh, what's, what's happened? And my, my power pack <laughs> it was worse than that. It was my power pack from my uh, pedal board had like shorted. So um, <laughs> it and sort of almost gone on fire. We managed to switch it off, but that would have been a story to tell. Oh yeah, the the, yeah, the that would have been a better story. story. <laughs> <laughs> just make it up. Just say we did do it, and there yeah. was in cinders at the end, and we were laughing. <laughs> Apparently, that's what um, you know on Graham Norton and things like that. Apparently, most of the stories that celebrities tell, they're just made up. So maybe that can be your one. Oh, well, the next time I'll just say it's I'll never listen to a story on Graham Norton or something like that the same now. I'll be like, lies. I know, it really ruined life. it for me when someone told me that, and now I've ruined it for you. <laughs> like, I'm just taking their word for it as well. I don't know if it's actually true. Paying <laughs> it forward, yeah. <laughs> oh, what else have I written down? Um... Oh yeah, something I thought. So when we, when we, because I've known kids smoke for quite a long time, I feel like I notice difference. <laughs> it sounds like I'm gonna ask a weird question, but it's not. Um, <laughs> I've really noticed in the last couple of years that your voice, Lance, has just—you seem to have got much more confident with it. Do you think? Like, this is a compliment, by the way. And I think it's really good because you have such a great voice. Do you think that was, like, a natural process of gaining confidence with your voice? Or did something happen? Or did you particularly work on it? Or was it just... It's just um, happened. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because I've always wanted to... I always wanted to sing in, in like whatever band I was in but never really had never had like a great voice or a distinctive voice or whatever but I just always enjoyed singing but I just remember I think when Kid Smoke started it was just like four lads who could 
and they could all they could all sort of sing, you know, and 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 I just ended up, you know, I just because I did the lyrics and stuff, so I ended up doing the singing. I think he, maybe when Sophie joined, because Sophie's got such a like a great voice, maybe that that was a bit of a kick up the bum to say like, you know, you know, pick up your game a little bit, <laughs> possibly. But I I I I don't know. Um, you know, it's a it's a weird one because I I go in. Um, stages of being very sort of conscious about my voice and then um, and sometimes I'll, I'll feel quite confident that I'm doing an alright job so it goes in, <laughs> it just all, all depends on how I'm feeling I think. I think yeah. we're working well, with Russ. you such nice voices. Sorry Sarah, I could yeah. have you then. I, I was going to say I think Oh uh, no it's okay, what were you going to say? I think working with Russ uh, who's produced our last, well, well everything that I've worked on with Kismok and, and the album I think working with Russ has been really cool because he's he's separate from the band, but he's he's a really clever musician. Like he can play anything. We've got pitch perfect. We play a note on a guitar. He can, One of those people. He won't he, he won't even need to see you, and he can tell you where on the fretboard you're playing it. So when it comes to arranging vocals, like I think between the four of us, we are quite good at it. But Russ seems to just know which bits could be better. And then to take take it there, um, yeah. But I found like because because we were all you know in the studio at the same time recording bits and pieces, and I think Russ does push you to do. He'll be like in a nice way. I think you can do a better take, and then eventually you know he, he's so experienced at getting the best out of people's voices that you know by the end you you just get a really great take. Before he's kind of like yeah. um, he does a, he does a great job of steering you in you know into a, a place where that sort of lends itself a bit better to the song you know and 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 he's really like um i like working because he's really supportive you know yeah. sometimes you can feel a little bit like um, i'm not really nailing this or, or a bit insecure or whatever but he, he he you know you never get that from him it's always it's always support and he's always just trying to sort of find ways to make you more at ease or make you, you know, just sing it better or, or play it better or whatever. So a lot of the, the actual, maybe like the confidence and stuff that comes across on the record is down to him because he is such a, because it's not just about being a good producer tech wise, you know, you've got it, you've got, it's a certain type of person as well. I think, you know, he does yeah, a great job. Having the encouragement, but your harmonies are so tight. And I guess it's one of the key things about your sound as well is the harmonies. Is that something that you particularly enjoy working on or is that something that Russ has encouraged you to do more or was it just, I guess it's always been there really? I think it's something that I've always loved. I've, everything that I've been into sort of musically going through through the years has been vocal based and harmony based and like going back to, I used to listen to Enya relentlessly as a kid. Um, everyone thought I was weird but I'm not sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Beatles, the Beach Boys, Fleet with Mac, you know, there's, there's great vocal parts, great harmonies, and again, mentioning Fleet Foxes, and if you go and listen to Sparrowhawks, you'll, you'll hear what I mean about, about that. So it is something that I really like, um, and I really enjoy. I think there's, you know, it's almost an extra instrument that you can have at your disposal if you do it in the right way. Um, so yeah, for me, it's a, it's a big part of what what makes music really interesting for me. Yeah, I think um, yeah, totally. even in like um, 
going back to like leaving Isaac's shop and and going sort of back to what Sophie's saying, our like influences are you know they they are vocal heavy sort of bands like like the Beatles and and Beach Boys and stuff. So from day one, we've always tried to sort of like utilize harmonies and stuff and but it sort of went from sort of like um i wanted to do a hand thing and then i realized that it, it, uh, <laughs> lance is um, lifting one hand went, higher than the other and moving them around in like a weird audio voice lance is listen is moving his hand lance. up <laughs> lance. lance is doing this um yeah um no, I don't know how to explain it without... Um, I think the harmonies come into it more so when Sophie joined because... Um, just because, really, of how good a singer she is. and you Harmony know. queen. Yeah, and um, I think um, I think it just pushed us on even, even, even further to, you know, why wouldn't you use... Why wouldn't you add more stuff yeah. that it, it sounded great, you know? I'd love to hear you do a Fleetwood Mac cover. I, I really wanted to do a Fleetwood Mac covers band and I talked about it with my mate Ben and we would be called Meatwood Flat and <laughs> they would just be the two of us and we'd just do exclusively Fleetwood Mac dressed um, as pieces of meat um, this is asking, <laughs> what song would we choose if we were going to do Fleetwood Mac cover lance? Um, second hand news second hand news would be alright wouldn't it yeah. um Rhiannon is, is one of my all-time favourite. It's an obvious choice, but yeah. it is a great And a tune. Welsh... Welsh, Welsh. Um, yeah, Welsh witch. There you I, go. Next I, book I, is I, Wales. I... <laughs> I'll write off that list. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, who designed the album artwork? Because I love that artwork. And was it a collaborative thing or we did you sort of hand that over to somebody else and let them do that so um yeah so no go on go on um it's a fella called ananya and he we've never met him um ash found him on instagram he's um, a graphic designer uh, he's based in i think he's based in bangalore in india and um, yeah we were we went through various iterations of artwork and stuff and we're knocking ideas around for quite a long time really um but when Ash, well so we decided we were like right let's all go online and try and find something that we are that, that's close to what we want and if it's someone whose art we can use then great if not we can find something similar so ash sent over this instagram account and we were all just like yeah that base and then we made contact with him and we're just like you know it, it, is your is your artwork like licensable? And he said yes. Yeah. So we just looked through his account and uh, yeah, we found that one. And it was it, we we sort of just came to the decision and and that was that. We were we yeah uh, we whittled it down to two versions and we were split half and half for a little yeah. while. Um, but um, looking back, we hundred percent picked picked that. I was on the I was on the the side of the the one that didn't make it. So, yeah. what uh, did you do? Rock paper scissors. We just had a big fight, and so won, and that was it. You know. Um, now, I, I think what 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 sort of tipped the balance is that because it, of the pink moon, 
Mm-hmm. And we knew we were going to get it pressed onto vinyl. Having the, the pink vinyl to go with the pink yeah. moon was just like yeah. oh, it was so just nice. too good colours. to be good, too good to be true. When it so it was just like yeah. yeah. Um, so are all the locations of the artwork are they all Asian? Um, is it the same designer for their singles? Yeah, he's. Um, I don't. I don't know where where the locations are. He's. Um, I think he gets like royalty free images and then edits them out. So they're kind of collage pictures that he's just put together. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it worked out pretty well. He's great. He's really great at what he does, though. Like some of the, if you go on his um, Instagram, some of the stuff like it's just, just really sort of striking, and you know, you you you, you can't help but scroll through the whole thing because he's just, um, you know, the way he sort of, say, sort of works sort of stock photos into something that is just really sort of, uh, you know, that sort of draws you in. It just, yeah. it's just great. I'd love a print of that. It's so cool. It'd look cool for like tour posters as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think um, I think Ash and uh, James have got the the vinyl in a frame on there, and it looks really smart. So. Nice. That must be so nice to have your own album framed in your house. Or is that <laughs> egotistical? No, it's not. Um, I haven't got one framed, but I've got one in like a, a prominent position in the house. So, yeah, because uh, I've got Focus Wales posters like framed in the house so I'd be a hypocrite I've just oh, got know. a blue tacked all over my house so when <laughs> no, no one can move from in my house oh have you seen about have you seen this album um, but uh, no I haven't got my uh, Ashad is like professionally framed isn't he yeah I don't think you realised you could just like get a frame off eBay and do it yourself he like definitely realised he just wanted to go above and beyond that. <laughs> he just wanted the framer he to know. He Thanks for listening to this episode of Welsh Music Prize Conversations with the 2020 shortlisted bands and artists. You can stream all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it or let us know through our social media channels at Welsh Music Prize. Diolch yn fawr am brando i sgyrsiau gwobr gerddoriaeth Gymreig gyda'r bands ac artistiaid o'r hesterfer 2020. Mae modd grando i bob un sgwrs trwy AM, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. Os ydych chi wedi mwynhau'r podcast yma, gwnewch yn siŵr i'r anni neu adl ni o bod trwy'n sianeli cyfryngau cymdeithasol at Welsh Music Prize.